Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. I'm Michael Hoover, joined today by my co-host Jessica McNair and Drew Miller. Welcome, you guys. How are you doing? Good. How are y'all? I'm good. And Drew's laughing. <laughs> Sorry, I... <laughs> I was tempted to reenact the teleprompter scene from Anchorman in the intro, so uh, forgive me. But hi, I'm Drew. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to know that my fellow ho- co-hosts are doing well, and I'm also having a good day. So good. here we are to talk about some Star Wars. Good. Yeah, that's probably best for you not to go with that initial rea- uh, initial gut idea to go with that, because um, <laughs> uh, we would have had to put the explicit tag on it. Um <laughs> So y'all are having a good week though, right? Yes. Good. I Jessica, am at the I know beach. Jessica is coming from a closet <laughs> in Florida. Yes. <laughs> and Drew is coming from a office in Illinois. Yes, I am. I am well in my trailer, but yes, yeah, my mobile office here uh, at the Illinois State Fairgrounds in Springfield, Illinois. You guys are way too committed for this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you do this. It's such a fun part of my life right now that I don't want to miss it. (laughs) I am so glad to hear that. I it is a fun part of my life, and I hated. Speaking of which, I hated last week. We didn't get to do an episode last week. It was just sometimes when you do a podcast for a hobby, life gets in the way, and you can't record an episode that week. And that's what happened to really all of us. And so. Um, just didn't work out. But today we are going to cover last week's episode of The Bad Batch for a little bit and then as well as talk about the newest episode of The Bad Batch called War Mantle. We're going to talk about both of those today and I'm super pumped because um, there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) There's a lot to talk about here. Um, So let's just get to it. Actually, before we get to that, Guys, if you wouldn't mind, go and follow our social medias. Go follow us on Twitter at certain underscore POV pod on Instagram, which Jessica runs at certain point of view pod. And if you would like to join a Facebook group, that's really fun to discuss your opinions on Star Wars without being berated. um, Join our Facebook group. It's called a certain point of view discussion group as well as please rate and review the podcast. It would just really help us out. So and if you berate anyone, you get kicked out. Oh yeah. Well, you get a, you get a couple of chances. We're nice people over there, but we're, we got our eyes on you. That's for sure. And I'll then, hit you with some passive aggressive gifts. <laughs> we're the real deal. Passive aggressive gifts. I can't think of anything more millennial than that. <laughs> You are so on right now. That's so dead on. <laughs> All right, let's, guys, we got a lot to talk about today. We don't want this to drag on for too long, so let's just dive in. Let's talk about Season 1, Episode 13 of The Bad Batch, Infested, directed by Saul Ruiz, who has done a lot of Clone Wars and I think Rebels, possibly, and as well as The Bad Batch. He's always, he's, we always see his name pop up, and... Um, written by Amanda Rose Munoz, I believe is how you pronounce it. And uh, she's also written several episodes of this show as well. So um, let's start with Jessica. What were your just big thoughts of this episode? I know there's been a lot of um, mixed opinions about this episode, but I think a lot of people just didn't really care all that much for it. Um, I have a, I have opinions about it or whatever, but what were your big thoughts on it? 
I mean, I thought it was a really fun episode. I love a good heist story. So I was about that aspect of it. Um, I don't know. I really, it reminded me also of Lord of the Rings when they go through the mines. <laughs> you beat me to one of my notes. I Sorry. Love it. Oh, I think, I think we all, I think we all have it in our notes. <laughs> Fool of a took. Yeah. <laughs> so that made me enjoy it a little bit as well. Um, I just really liked the theme of compassion in this episode and just how Omega really shines in like her kindness and her personality just really comes through. Um, I feel like it was very much an Omega episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think you you said that about the compassion, and I think it's really interesting because this time when Omega had the compassion moment, I was actually like, yeah, but like, you're, yeah, but Sid doesn't have your best interest at heart. She really doesn't. She She's manipulating you to help her right now. And, um, but Omega's still just like, she's always so selfless and doesn't, like, she just wants to help others. And that's very admirable. But I was like, totally team hunter here (laughs) i was like i was like hunter's got a point like i get i would be hunter in this situation i would be like i don't know i get it i get the struggle there um but i feel like they connected in the last episode yeah yeah they they did i agree they had a moment i i definitely agree with that i i guess i'm just saying i i really appreciated both sides i think both sides definitely um, I think people will identify with both sides of that argument, but like I personally was just like, I totally see Hunter's side here a little bit more right now. But on the other hand, even though she's constantly kind of holding them under their thumb, like with the, you don't forget what I, the secrets that I keep for you, like threatening them, even though she does that, she has helped them, you know, she has um, given them, provided for them and all this stuff. But it's it's kind of a tricky thing there. So I just felt like even though even though it's it's admirable, it was a little bit naive as well with Omega this time, which is fine. It's just kind of what she is that. She is a little naive. And it's it totally was, fine. It also kind of reminded me of Ahsoka, which you guys know that I love Ahsoka. And it reminded me of the quote that she had in the last season of Clone Wars when she was talking to Rafa and she said, In my life, when you find people who need your help, you help them no matter what. Mm. And so Omega's got a little of that Ahsoka in her. And she I like definitely it. does. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I like that. Drew, what about you, man? Um, I really thought it was a fun episode. Like Jessica mentioned, the heist uh, mentality of the episode. I thought kind of a mafia gangster type movie where you got, you know, two competing parties uh, working for a score and they're trying to either get the score or take it to hurt somebody else. That was a lot of fun. Um, it was a good, I thought it was a great episode for Sid. Actually, she's been a fun side character companion at this point, but this episode really let her shine a little bit. And we dug into a little more of the criminal underworld, which is part of star Wars. I always enjoy, uh, getting into. And that's really the, actually the main 
bulk of my notes regard things with the criminal underworld in this episode. So it was a lot of fun. You got to hear more of Sid's, you know, nicknames for the crew, goggles and stuff like that. I, just, I always <laughs> love it when she does that. And muscles, uh, goggles, goggles, dark, dark and broody. Oh, <laughs> uh, just so she's she's a really fun character. So I enjoyed getting to have some of uh, re- really a kind of a Sid centric episode. But as both of you said, it was also very Omega centric. And two characters, it's always fun when Hunter and Omega interact. And when Omega and Uncle Wrecker interact, or mm. when Omega argues with Tech over something. But Omega and Sid's interactions are always, they're very pure, and they're, they're pretty comical, so I enjoy that. And uh, I have it right here, the minds of uh, Moria, or Mar- I can't remember how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, Lord I think of the it's Rings. Moria. <laughs> very reminiscent of that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I got it right then. And it was also very, it also reminded me of a quest from the game Fallout 4 called The Big Dig, uh, where a crew goes underground or something. Me. Yeah, sorry, Fallout 4. Something. I mean, the whole thing. Some of you will get good, this. But, you know, like I said, you kind of come to my corner a little bit for some video game knowledge, and there we are. But I, I really enjoyed the episode more than I would say about half the people I've talked to. As far as depth, and things are concerned, it's not up there, but it was still a lot of fun for me. And if we see some more tie-ins with the criminal underworld and some things like that, then it, it could end up being a beefier episode down the line. Let's just say that. Definitely yeah. not worthy of throwing out the F word for this episode. Let's just get that out of the way. But <laughs> if you had to choose one out of all of them, that might be the one. But Yeah, and I way, think... Yeah. And I think it depends on what they're going to do with this episode coming up because I feel like it could be a very good segue into like the syndic- the crime syndicates and like the families and that kind of thing. So I feel like it is kind of a setup for that. Um, was it a super important episode? Probably not, but it just was really fun. It really reminded me of some of the fun just little extra episodes in Clone Wars. Um, so it was just a nice, like, fun – I keep saying fun, but and it was just an enjoyable, it was. like, yeah, ride. It's, it's- <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what I would say, too. So I posted this on Twitter as well, but this was my least favorite episode of the season. It got done, and I was like, okay. I mean, that was fun. It's, it's one of those episodes that – it, it is fun, and it's not that I don't enjoy it when it's on, but it's also one of those that's like sometimes you have an episode that is like it's really fun, and it's like perfectly made for your sensibilities of fun. And this episode was fun, but it wasn't necessarily made for my sensibilities of fun. Like, uh, you know, green gooey bugs is not – on some is not on a list of things that I would consider something that like, I'm really like that. I really love to see. (laughs) It's just not really fun. But I, I I do think that overall this episode wasn't trash. I saw a lot of people on Twitter and again, it's, it's Twitter. So take it for what it is. But um, I saw a lot of people that were like, this episode was wow. Complete trash. Unbelievable that they're still wasting time at this point in the season. Yada, yada, yada. All that stuff. I understand having criticisms of it. I actually have criticisms of it. But I I actually just think if you think this is trash, you clearly haven't watched enough trash TV. Because <laughs> this is a coherent, 
little story that is fun. That's all it's trying to be. That's all it is. And it's successful at that. It's not going to hit everybody the same way, but it's fine. It's not trash. And so I just think we, obviously people throw that word around a lot, but this episode for me, I think my criticism, my main criticism of it is not necessarily the episode itself. Cause I actually, like I said, I had a good time with it. It's kind of in a weird place in the season. Like, I feel almost like it's misplaced. Like it could have been one of the earlier episodes. We wouldn't have really had a whole lot of difference that happened. It is the closest thing to filler we have had. So you actually could have taken this episode and moved it to a different position in the season. And it would have worked still, I think, in my opinion, at least mostly. But like it did just kind of feel like, a strange place for that, especially after the momentum from the end of the last episode, the rescue on Ryloth, it was like, Oh my gosh, here we go. And it, it felt like it just kind of halted that momentum. And so for me personally, I just wanted it to keep going upward there. That's probably just my expectations, but I totally um, get that. I like a little break before the big action comes. Great point. And, so, you're reminded, yeah. You said, and you told me that before. Yeah. It, and I, and you said, when you said that, I was like, that reminds me of Lost again. Cause every time we talk about Star Wars, I have to talk about Lost apparently. But there's an episode of Lost that it, it's like the season is building. It's in season three, I think. And it's, it's in, in, uh, have y'all seen Lost? I cannot remember. I've watched it, but it was a okay. long Drew, time. Okay. Drew, you ago. have not, right? I clicked play on it last night to start it and as i did i got a phone call so i ended up oh you're so close <laughs> okay I, cool. i'm i'm on the threshold i'm, I'm yes. my toes on it the threshold of destiny okay so um, <laughs> bad name called it <laughs> um but there is in season three i'm not going to spoil anything but there is it's kind of the the last like there's the middle section of season three that kind of starts to ramp up and then and then the finale, like it's like a two or three part finale that's like super like bonkers and a lot happens. But the episode before the finale, I think, is just the calm before the storm. It's total fun. It's like they find a van full. They find a van full of beer um, and uh, the Dharma Initiative beer. And they get it started. And the whole episode is just about them like having this fun little thing. And it's just like, why is this episode here? But it's because it's just a fun little thing before it gets dark. <laughs> um, I do feel like you. there's some legitimate. Uh, I feel like that's pretty legit what you said. So I like that, too. I just I guess what I was hoping for didn't really happen. And so when it didn't, that's I'm a victim of my expectations on that level. But at the same time, you know. I, I do think that even as an episode that was just fun, it was just fine. It wasn't yeah. like the best fun episode. Yeah. And you were season. ready to like keep going in the plot. Yeah, because I really did. I, I have personally felt like all of the episodes, uh, I feel like there are people that have been saying it slowed down a lot ever since the Cad Bane stuff happened. But like what I've enjoyed about this back half of the season is that the Empire we are really now seeing the front the front of the season was really more about growing these bad batch characters to the point where we had that crazy mid-season stuff that happened with Cad Bane and Fennec Shand and all that stuff it was awesome 
ever since then, we have gone to uh, we have gone to a few different planets and has just seen how the empire is affecting these individual planets and showing that whether you're a separatist planet, whether you are a republic ally planet, you are treated the same. You are it, that does not matter anymore. That is no longer the war that is going on. It is empire is bad is is oppressing everyone period and you know w- w- with the raxis stuff and the ryloth stuff it was really showing that really effectively for me and so to have this like criminal underworld one was fun because i love criminal underworld stuff but it was like uh, but it was like the end of that ryloth episode when when crosshair was like permission to hunt them down <laughs> and Rampart was like, granted. <laughs> I was like, God, let's go. And and then we had this episode. So it's just like, okay, ah, frustrating. I, it's fun. Whatever. <laughs> I feel, feel like I'm almost programmed at this point, though, for like a lot of shows, like live action shows that are very action like packed. You always get that really slow episode and then you're like, oh, my gosh, what's yeah. going to happen next week? <laughs> right. You know, like. It's right. like almost like a like a formula that has become mm-hmm. a thing. But it I is. totally get where you're coming from. Like yeah. it, it was kind of like, okay, what what what's gonna happen? And then it kind of Yeah. And I again, wanna like, know what happened with the Rancors because those are always fun episodes and the fact that they had just fought them and didn't know they were there. Like What the Rancors? Yeah. Uh, I think it's something else. It is Gundarks. Gundarks. Sorry. Which is different. Um, yeah, I don't, sorry. Not I, Rancors, Gundarks. I would have okay. loved to see what happened. Because I would like to see Rancors too. <laughs> well, okay. I like to see Rancors, but I loved all the episodes with Gundarks in the Clone Wars. And it was always Anakin and Obi-Wan, and they just had the best banter. And I was like, I want to see Gundarks. With the Bad Batch. <laughs> that would be fun. I'm trying to remember that. They're uh, in that cave. They go, they land on that one planet and they're in the cave and they get blocked in. Are they, are they, uh, are they hunting down Dooku? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's our, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be really fun. Yeah. Sorry. Not Rancors. Gundarks. But speaking of, that was an episode that was, like, really fun. Like, I really loved that, and that was all of my sensibilities. Like, I loved the Rancors. I loved the theme of, like, the slavery stuff. And it still had some depth to it, even though it was, like, just a a fun adventure episode. Um, I also really liked the Fennec Shand one where she comes in, where she first comes in. That was just a really fun, action-packed episode. I really do enjoy these fun episodes that aren't necessarily the deepest, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I guess this one didn't do it for me completely. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, Drew, just thinking about things about this episode, do you have anything in your mind that you just actually really liked a lot? The action of the episode did stand out to me. Once again, a very strong, a very strong score for the episode. Uh, I really can't wait to go back and listen to a lot of this Bad Batch soundtrack. Same. But the, the action was great. And one thing I forgot to mention earlier was the minecart chase. Um, was a lot of fun. Another, you know, favorite movie and franchise of mine 
that I failed to mention it reminds me of is Indiana Jones, you know, the Temple of Doom and the minecart stuff or Donkey Kong Country if we're talking video games. <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun, but I, I like the action in this one. There were some good themes. There were some there was more stuff with the characters than, you know, people maybe would not catch the first time. Sorry, I had a hiccup there. But the thing I enjoyed the most about this episode is all the stuff with the Pike Syndicate and the, the, the criminal underworld. And that, like I said, that's the bulk of my notes. And I really can't wait to dive in a few things on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love anytime the Pike Syndicate gets involved in any way. They're genuinely terrifying. <laughs> um, they're brutal, man. Uh, when when the, the leader of the Pikes that came to the planet, when he cuts off the horn of uh what's the guy's name um Uh, roland roland when uh roland durand when he cuts off his horn i was like oh wow well that could have been worse but still that's pretty brutal (laughs) and they're so weird looking yes i love that yeah they're so weird they're so weird looking and i i saw them i remember when i when i um watched solo again i saw them and it was like they looked super really really weird in live action i don't know if y'all remember them in solo yeah Yeah. they were they were extra creepy in live action yeah Yeah. i actually prefer how they look in the clone wars and and bad batch but yeah a little more alien-esque less technological yeah yeah yeah, exactly that's what it was it felt like organic yeah it felt like too much technology but um, Jessica, just thoughts on this episode that you thought was just fun, like or that you really just liked in specifics about this episode, and then we'll move on to the other one. So I thought the sound was amazing. I oh. loved how it was dark, and they're doing the mine. They're in the mine, and also Wrecker's scream. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> It was the best part of the episode. <laughs> yes, yes, it really was. So, I agree. Uh, let's see. 2019, we went to Disney and we went to Universal in Florida. And there was a ride. I don't want to give away what it was, but it's, it, it is a Harry Potter ride. I'll say that. And there's a drop you don't expect. And I was riding right next to my husband who... You wouldn't really see him as someone who screams and he had that moment and so it made me laugh even harder because it made me immediately think of that <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> like he was hoarse after from screaming so high pitched so... <laughs> i was the same way on the jurassic park ride at universal <laughs> sometimes you just get surprised I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I love um, how Hunter asks Omega, which we kind of hit on this a little bit, but why did you stick up for him after all he did? And she said, I don't know. Ruby liked him. Maybe he's not all bad. And I, I love that theme in Star Wars that there can still be good in someone and their redemption, like arcs of characters that anyone can kind of be redeemed no matter how far they fall and i i love that so i i really like that too and i wondered if that was like a little bit of a hint as well 
to I when she said that I immediately thought of um, Crosshair. Yeah. I immediately when she said that I was like, yeah. I think that I think that they might be bringing Crosshair back. I still have you know I feel my my instinct has been the whole time that Crosshair is going to come back, but it's 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 tough to tell sometimes because it's like sometimes I feel like he's wrestling with it, but sometimes I feel like he's not. But I definitely think that. They, I felt like in that in that sentence, they were trying to tell us, they were trying to hint a little bit, like even crosshair, you know, is is redeemable. And I, you know, that's I thought this, I thought that in that part, and I really liked that line. Yeah, those one of my favorite things. Yeah, I really loved um, the one of my favorite moments was honestly y'all brought it up earlier, the Lord of the Rings moment. Um, Fool of a took. I thought of that immediately. <laughs> Um, when the, when he dropped the flashlight down and he was just like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> his little sound effects were so good, but we're here for just, wreckers noises. I am all of them. It's so funny, but I, I just love, I, I loved the tension in that moment and seeing it, just watching it bounce and bounce and bounce. And just like with each time it hit, it was like, just like in Lord of the Rings, every time that every time those chains hit something it was like oh gosh no no um and then that that moment of silence right after it i was just expecting full of a took and i loved it it was a great moment i also really got major um indiana jones vibes so kudos to you on that drew i i totally agree um can I just say that I I feel terrible for Wrecker because I feel like every time it's like almost every episode he has to confront his fear of heights <laughs> and he just does it. He's scared and he does it anyway every time. And I'm just like, I feel so bad for Wrecker, but I love him so much. He still <laughs> does it every single time. But every time he's like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little scream here and there. <laughs> that is me every week it's, it's so good you're afraid I, um, of heights do you ride the rides I, yes but i work in heights is the problem so every day every week i'm forced to confront my fears of height and i'm just like i mean i'm just like up there it's like this big guy just balancing up here you know up in the up to the mercy of the breeze oh, man. And it's, i mean you know i've got Safety equipment, but still, I I feel it for Wrecker. I, I feel you, man. I really feel him. And then when he gets, whenever he he gets pulled back up at the end, um, whenever they have retrieved the spices, and um, uh, Sid is like, "See, I told you we would be okay." And Wrecker's like covered in bug splat, and and he's like, and he's just like, "I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay." <laughs> just. I really just love him so much. It's crazy how much I love Wrecker. I did not see that coming. I really didn't. He's my clear-cut favorite of the batch, no doubt. I love Wrecker. Mm. Love him. I, I really do love Wrecker a lot. It's, yeah, he might be my favorite too. He really might be. But um, I want to bring up as well the visual, the visuals and the sound design of the specific moment where Echo, I'm sorry, where Tech throws that explosive down into mm-hmm. the hole. And it's that blue light with the sound, the sound design around it. It was absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it was just one of those moments. I just feel like it happens 
pretty often in Star Wars where it just happens, and because of a sound, your jaw is just on the floor. And I'm just like, oh, It was wow. definitely one of those moments akin to uh, seismic, seismic, you know, seismic charges. Yes, yeah. It's, it reminds me of how I feel about that. Maybe not quite to that level, but it's pretty close. Still <laughs> the best part. sound moment in Star Wars is in The Last Jedi when... Mm. I know she exactly just takes that ship straight through Snoke's ship. Yep. Snoke's the best. <laughs> yep. 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 It, and Hands all the sound down, just I would out say too. the best sound moment in Star Wars. The- I remember when that happened. Um, I remember when that happened. Let us talk about The Last Jedi for one second, people. Okay. Um, it's <laughs> Sorry, actually been sev- I, did. I knew it was going to happen once I brought that up, but that is one of my favorite it's moments. Been several weeks. Sound. We've been really good about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that part, that when that part happens, I remember being in the theaters and people, like multiple people in the theaters, including myself, were just like, <laughs> like just gasping because of the beauty of it. It was so cool. And it was so quiet. Um, it, in it's the awesome. Get off our backs. Beautiful. It was dead silent. It was, oh gosh, such a great moment. The actual best sound effect in Star Wars, and Michael, I will Venmo you $5 to edit it into the podcast, is in The Phantom Menace, where the one <laughs> pod racer guy hits the stalactite in the cave and explodes, and it's like, ah, like that. That's the best one. <laughs> I don't think it needs to edit it in. That was pretty dead on. Yeah, I'm just going to record. I'm just going to take that clip right there. There you go. I, ah! and, <laughs> just just merge our two one. together and you might have it. <laughs> the, uh, the, when he dropped that little like light bomb, uh, light grenade, as I'm going to call it, into that cave, I rewound that like three times to watch it. I did too. Incredible. It was so good. Yeah, it's great. I just wanted to hear Wrecker scream over and over again. So that's what I <laughs> I also rewound that. <laughs> it, it, it was making me think of Home Alone when Marv, anytime Marv has a scream on camera, it was like that for me. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> good. Welcome to a certain point of view uh, podcast. Today we're covering Home Alone. But just um, one and two. Um, easy to relate to Star Wars. John Williams did all-time great scores to those movies. Boom. Yes. Yes. There it is. Um, yeah, we can totally do. We should do that. We should have podcasts where we talk about things that are ba- barely related to Star Wars at all. <laughs> e- you have an E.T. podcast. There you go. I mean, that's more related, I think, probably. Because E.T. is actually in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, we so must protect John Williams at all costs. At all costs. All uh, costs. Engage all defenses. Okay, sorry. Um, Next episode. Here where we go. It gets real. Y'all, let's talk about it. Do you? Do y'all have any other thoughts, Drew? You look like you want to say something. Yes, I do. I actually have a quick, a quick Rebels tie-in, and then a quick Pike Syndicate note for those oh. of you who don't know a lot about the Pike Syndicate and who they are. Quick note: Do not forget they're involved in all sorts of the underworld dealings, the right. Spice Mines of Kessel, which we have mentioned. Also, the Shadow Collective that helped take over Mandalore. They were involved with that. Mm -hmm. And, lesser known fact, the Pike Syndicate is responsible for the death of Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas. Wow. So... What what does that happen in? I don't... I think it's in a book or novel, possibly, but it is a canon entry. um, That they are responsible for the death of Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas. And then, are you ready for a great Rebels tie-in? Yes. 
do you remember Visago? You know, of course. You know, yes. Do you remember the name of his little crime syndicate that he led? The Broken Horn Syndicate? No way. Okay. That's the name of it? Yes. And Roland, who is a Deveronian, just like Visago, gets his horn broken at the end of this episode. They're the same species. Bada bing, bada boom. Maybe he later joins up with the Broken Horn Syndicate. And it's there's a slim chance we see Visago somewhere down the line. Ooh. Who knows? Hotel and Visago. You know what? That leads me to one last point I forgot to say. It did feel like this was one of those episodes. Jessica, you kind of brought it up too. It did feel like they were setting up stuff. It's another It's another thing that they've done in this season that makes me feel like they are writing a show that they know has multiple seasons. Yeah, they, sure. It makes It makes me feel like they are not writing a one-season show. The way that they're pacing things, it really does make me feel like they know they have time. They know that they have this episode to to write uh, about, you know, about Roland Durand and, you know, his his mother. I can't remember her name. Is- Ursa Issa Durand, something like that. Sounds right. And and the, the and then bringing the pikes in. It does feel like they're setting up stuff for a season two that will come more into play later. Kind of like you said, Jessica, things that will come into play more um, later and how many there are so many i can't even count times that we've watched the clone wars and been like that was a fun little episode that's not going to have any importance later on and then oh there's actually a really important character that was introduced there and they're a big part of star wars now it's happened so many times i can't even count so it's just one of those things where we're not going to really know until later how much of an important episode this was but it does really feel to me like they were writing this episode knowing that they have more seasons coming, at least one. Or they at least so, left the door open, didn't paint themselves into a corner. Which correct. I respect I respect the long game of that as well. Correct. But I think I feel like they know. I feel like they know. Oh, they gotta know. Um but yeah, so anyway, let's get on to this one. Let's get on to episode fourteen of the Bad Batch called War Mantle. Um, I saw this title several weeks ago. I just assumed that this was going to be a big one, and I think I was right. <laughs> um, uh, so, if y'all, just in case y'all don't remember, um, and I need to go, I'm really excited to go back and watch this movie. Uh, but War Mantle is actually something from Rogue One. Um, it is whenever they are pulling out those different files in that with the claw thing. Do you remember that scene at the in the third act? Um, one of the projects that they pulled out was called War Mantle. And so yeah. we're just kind of getting to see this. I think that's just so cool. Um, and so that's awesome. And um, this episode was directed by Stuart Lee, another person that we see his name all the time, and written by Damani Johnson. And I looked on this guy's information. He has not done a whole lot of things. And um, this is his first endeavor in the star wars universe and he really has done a few shows where he's been a writer on them but like i haven't even watched the shows or really barely even heard of them so i have no this guy doesn't have a whole lot of a big resume so i gotta say great job (laughs) coming in (laughs) with a bang yeah like this was when i got done i was like well that was a banger (laughs) that was awesome um so i mean Guys, for me, this episode had 
just about almost everything I come to Star Wars for. <laughs> like, it had incredible dogfights. It had, um, it had rebellion versus the Empire. Kind of a it, kind of the at least some of the foundation of that. We definitely got a lot of Empire stuff. We got even more stormtrooper stuff than we've gotten yet. We got a lot of backstory on stormtroopers. We got um, incredible action. We got heart and themes. And the only thing I'm missing is like the force. <laughs> like the only thing in this episode that wasn't there that I come to star Wars for is the force. Um, but uh, I, this just, this episode was beautifully paced from the very beginning I just, I absolutely loved this episode from beginning to end. There was not a dull moment for me. And I, I just think the, the way that they, the way that they came back with, you know, just such a banger, it was just, it was awesome. I, I absolutely loved this episode. What did y'all think of it? I really loved it. That world is beautiful. Oh, How it's uninhabited is beyond me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's so not beyond pretty. it's not beyond me. It's the empire. They did it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but they said it was an uninhabited world. So, I, I guess know. people haven't lived there. Why they haven't lived there? I don't know. It's so pretty. It's crazy. So beautiful. I just really again, Omega wanting to help people again. Mm -hmm. What was frustrating to me though is she had to convince Hunter again. Like, this is a recurring thing. And mm -hmm. I think I would have loved to see him more get the hint at this point, in a sense, and say, Rex is asking us for help. You know, this is what kind of like she's been somehow play it out in the sense that he realizes, yes, we do need to help people a little bit more. Yeah. Um. So I kind of wish that that had played out just a little differently. But it was great to get more echo. It was great to see Hunter tracking yes. again. Um, loved having more of the Kaminoans. Yep. Um, and really loved seeing stormtroopers suck at life like they <laughs> always do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, still can't shoot anybody. Um, I, I didn't teach them everything. That wouldn't be smart. I know. <laughs> I loved how he said, these are our replacements. If you can believe that. <laughs> I was like, yes, That's yes, so yes. It is exactly how it is. And it continues. So I think one of the key things that I took away from this episode that I'm curious to kind of see how they play out is um, a lot to do with the clones and like their inhibitor chips because that made them really loyal. And obviously order 66, like it wouldn't have happened if they didn't have that because they were so loyal to their Jedi and to their, mm. to their cause. And so I really, really loved the part where I think it's Gregor that says, um, yeah, he says it, that we're so soldiers of a republic that doesn't exist. Yep. And that the stormtroopers are going to be, they're people from all over that have pledged allegiance to the Empire. And so 
it made me think, okay, so are they, what are they, are they afraid of the clones? Like, are they afraid if some of them, I don't know. It's like, I even think of Gregor, like, why did he try to defect? Like, does he, does his inhibitor chip not working anymore? Or is, you know, so just that whole trail of thoughts, um, I'm very interested in, um, to think why, if they were so successful and even, um, is it Lamasu? Yes. Even he says, like, you know, this has been so successful. The clones are so successful, successful, like not understanding why the Empire wouldn't want them. And I think there's a fear a little bit from mm-hmm. the Empire that, yes, they are clones. And yes, they won this bat- uh, like this war. But at the same time, where do their loyalties truly lie? So... I found that like a really interesting mm-hmm. aspect of the episode. And then also I had talked earlier about how I figured like Camino would maybe be destroyed or the facility or something like that. And it is proving, I think, to go in that direction to where, again, going back to they're like, oh, well, we built this for them. Like they need us. But at the same time, it's like Palpatine has this technology and this information now he doesn't need you nor does he want you to have this technology and information he wants it for himself um so those were i think like some of the big plot points Mm. um of the episode that that i really really loved i mean there was there were so many good things echo reminding them about how they rescued him when they didn't want to yeah. go in and 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 find Gregor, you know, um, it just echoes back to a lot of things, and uh-huh. I like that. Uh-huh. Didn't even know I did that there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Look at me being funny and not even meaning to. A little pun. Didn't even realize it. <laughs> it that echoed was... back. <laughs> uh, I was like, surely she meant to do that. I you didn't. Did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, I have one more thing. Yeah. What was Rex doing? I also want to know that. You mean Rexagorn? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm calling him. Because he's totally Aragorn in the show, and I love it so much. I just want to know <laughs> why he had a hood on and what he was doing. Anyway, yes. that's another side thing Agreed. that I'm curious about. Yeah, absolutely. Rex um, is actually a Sith Lord, so, you know. <laughs> Serving under Jar Jar Binks. Somebody was going to say it eventually. You know, you might as well hear it. You know, you might as well hear the as a, you might as well hear it as a joke here first before somebody puts it on YouTube as the truth because they. This is a humble Sith Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So. Uh... Muy muy unlimited powers. <laughs> anyway. Let me just let me say with your first your first little point there about Hunter. I agree because I mean I agree on on a on a certain point. I, I do think it's frustrating because it seems like every episode someone has to convince Hunter that this is the right thing to do. And Hunter on the on the flip side, like of like as audience members and as the batch themselves, it they we are meant to be frustrated. They are meant to be frustrated by that. I think it's, I think that's intentional, but I also see Hunter's point of view because again, he, 
it's it's frustrating to a degree, but Hunter's kind of you know journey uh, to choosing a side is definitely a slow burn. Like it's it's a very slow burn, and it's frustrating to us. But like I think the the show has done a good job with every episode of showing like yeah, but Hunter Hunter isn't just is not just like not wanting to help people he has a different priority in mind. His priority in mind is keeping his family safe, particularly Omega. And so anytime we go into anything, you ha- we have to remember that promise that he, that he made to Omega. I promise that you are not going to go back to Kamino. So all of these places that they're going that are swarming with Imperial troops, he does, he, especially if they're like, they're, they're, going in blind with no help or reinforcements. He's thinking of if they capture Omega, they're taking her somewhere, whether it's Camino, whether it's, whether it's a, a holding facility, he's thinking of the safety of Omega and that promise that he made her. And so like, for me, I am, I totally understand every time Hunter does this, even though I'm frustrated at him, I'm also like, yeah, but like, I get it. Like, he has this prior this priority still, but I do think the show has hinted enough at some point, you know, wh- whether it's from, um, I'm not remembering Hera's mother's name. Um, but whether it's her saying something, something along the lines of if we don't fight this war, they are, it will be their war to fight anyway. And whether it's them or whether it's trace and Rafa, that episode where, um, where Rafa ends up telling Hunter at the very end, at some point you have to choose a side and like, or something to along those lines. And so I just feel like the show is showing us that eventually that he's going to have to make a choice one way or another. And I, I just feel like even though it's frustrating, it is also, um, it's also understandable for me. I totally get Hunter's whole thing here to piggyback on what you're saying here one of the notes i have that you know i can cross off that didn't line up with yours because you and jessica totally nailed some of the best thoughts and themes of this episode so kudos to both of you but (laughs) hunter is learning the true burden and difficulty of serving two masters you know let's get biblical here for a second shall we um his point was you know yes i want to go help these people because that's what we should do but Helping people doesn't get us money, and that's what he's wanting to do, you know, because of Sid. He's trying to make sure the Batch is, and Omega is cared well, she's part of the Batch, you know, say the Batch and Omega, that they're cared for financially. So is he going to go and do the right thing and help out Rex and his cause? Is he going to rescue people like Echo needed to be rescued, or is he going to keep doing these endless, I'm sure, mercenary and type bounty hunting missions for Sid. And eventually, like you said, it's a slow burn. His decision-making progress, sorry, not progress process. And it's interesting to see because it's not only affecting Hunter, but the rest of the crew as well. And it's led to some very nice story arcs and themes within the show that I really appreciate. It's also very interesting to still see the batch still only using non-lethal tactics for the most part Mm -hmm. on they were just doing it and i thought okay that stormtroopers the uh, clone troopers these are now stormtroopers and they're still just using the stun guns and 
you're not using live grenades and stuff like that until they get in the air and then they're going to shoot the ships down because uh you know obviously so it's that's still interesting for me to see i know we talked about it a few episodes back i think it was the uh the raxus prime episode the first time i noted that but we're still seeing it so that's very interesting to me yeah i agree um uh, going back to the choice thing for for one more moment i i i I just feel like this is such a big thing. We need to keep talking about it for one second. But I, I also think that, you know, even though it's it's frustrating and even though it's like it seems like we keep doing this thing where Hunter has, you know, is is kind of frustrated or is, is kind of uh, dragging his feet on on picking a side or whatever. I, I do think that over and over this show has done a good job of of um like in this specific episode, there was that moment and it was actually a comedic moment, but it was actually really good where, um, where they were talking about it. You know, they were talking about echo said Rex would not have called us if it wasn't important. And record goes, echo's got a good point. And, um, (laughs) but, and tech says, may I remind you though, that if you, that if we don't do this job, we don't get paid. We don't get food. Wrecker goes, Tech's got a good point. And, <laughs> and, and right after that, Omega says, yes, but helping, helping this clone is more, or helping this or Rex's friend is more important than getting paid. Right. And Wrecker goes, the kid's got a point. <laughs> so it's, it's like they all have these points that are very sound. There's not, there's honestly not like a clear, there's a clear morally right answer, right? Like obviously help the person who needs help. Like you were saying, Jessica, there's a clear moral right answer here, but that's not always the, that's not always that simple. It's also like, yeah, but like I'm, I'm the leader and I have to make sure my family gets taken care of. My family needs to stay safe from the empire and they need to eat. <laughs> like I also get Hunter's position so much, maybe too much. I don't know, but I'm definitely just like, even though it's clear to me, the answer that he should eventually end up at, I totally get why he's still struggling with it. Now at the end of the episode, I think that they have done something brilliant. I love that they are making Hunter I think that they are put, putting Hunter in a place where he is going to have to make a choice. I think that he is going to have to make a choice because now he is in prison. He's there with, uh, he's there with, uh, crosshair, crosshair. Thank you. God. Wow. <laughs> like wrecker, wrecker, wrecker. That's all my brain kept saying. He's there with crosshair and he, you know, he's going to have to make a choice about, like I stand on this side. Once I do certain things to get out of here, there's no going back. And I, that's kind of what the sense that I'm getting is anyway. So I don't know. What do y'all think of that? He's got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I mean, I totally get it too, because Omega, I think it kind of plays into the fact too, that you can kind of ignore it her like she's just young and so logic isn't 
going to really affect her or enter her mind as much as someone like Hunter. Like Hunter, even though we all try to talk about how logical tech is, Hunter mm-hmm. is still a very logical person and it's a survival mode. Like he is, yeah. he's a hunter. Like he, he wants to survive. And so yeah. um, I think we kind of have to look at what his kind of special ability is as mm-hmm. a clone because all the ones in Bad Batch have like a heightened ability for something and so his is going to be survival and so he is going to think about those things but i think omega is kind of the moral compass yeah of the group and then like you were saying with the survival seeing him in this point where he is in the prison and you know face to face with crosshair like you i'm very interested to see what happens because this is like you said a very pivotal moment in his character and i have a theory what is your theory and this is not let me be clear it's not an expectation this is just a fan theory that i don't like to become that i don't like to become beholden to i will not do that to myself (laughs) what if hauser is in this prison too Dun dun dun. Oh, I it love make, that. Doesn't it make sense for him to be there too? If yeah, if, if they're already holding, you know. Okay, so here's the thing: he could be at any prison. It's not a foolproof theory here because he could be at any prison. The only reason why the character we'll talk about in a little bit was in this prison was because he worked there, <laughs> right? So I don't know how much of a feasible thing it is but he could be he could totally be at this prison i would love it if they somehow ran into each other at this prison um and and helped each other out i don't know how that would happen it's just a theory i don't know i just want to see hauser that's all that's all i I just want to see hauser he's another good clone that kind of enforces the why the empire has a fear and doesn't want to use the clones anymore (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly he represents that so big time it works within the story for him to be there does yeah. it it might not be the most again logic logical place for him to be imprisoned but it does work for the story so i could yeah. see i that would be a cool thing to happen i think yeah but even the more i talk about it the more the more i'm like yeah, it's probably not likely. <laughs> yeah, but it is a great thought. Do you know what is likely? What? That they could be imprisoned at the Citadel. Oh. Like they move them somewhere? They move uh, them? They could move them to the Citadel and we could have another Prison Break style episode with the Batch. And Wrecker would get to blow things up, you know? Oh, man. I, I, I'm, dude, I'm, y'all, I'm just so pumped to see where this goes. I have no idea. Like, I just don't. That was my one theory, and I still don't really like it, but I. Y'all. Oh, yeah. You know what What's I'm that? afraid of? What's that? Is Hunter gonna die? Oh, God. Why would you say something so, so bold? Because that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm so scared. <laughs> like, I literally watched this again right before this, and I was like, no are they gonna what are they are they gonna do that to us i can't handle it i am prepared for death 
I have been from the beginning because we know that we don't see them later <laughs> in anything we've seen. So that doesn't mean they're not there, I guess, because obviously there are other people like Ahsoka who have been there the yeah, whole time, apparently. I've gone so, into it thinking that too, but I'm talking about like first season. Yeah. There's no way, right? Like he's got to stay around for a little bit longer. Would if, they Would they do that to us? I don't know if they're going ki- <laughs> to, honestly, I, you bring up a good point because I don't know if they're going to kill off Hunter in season one. They might do something where they kill off like, like, I mean, they could kill off Crosshair. Um, they could kill off even like. I don't think they would kill off Crosshair. They could kill off Wrecker and I would lose my You, you mind. bite your tongue, sir. <laughs> I don't think. Okay, if they I killed off Crosshair, it would be a redemption arc. Like, he sacrifices himself to save the Bad Patch. I'm with that. I'm with that, yeah. Oh, I will I burn don't... down a village if Wrecker dies. An actual village will burn. <laughs> <through the ground. laughs> Not just the men, but the women and the children, women too. And the children, too. <laughs> yes, that will happen. <laughs> I down. slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> animals! <laughs> and this podcast will be the evidence of my deeds. <laughs> I really did like Echo stuff. I'm glad you, Jessica, you brought up, I think it was you that brought up yeah. Echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, because you made that awesome pun. Um, I really loved that Echo was a, a, still not a huge part, but he really did play a big role in this episode with his few lines that he did have. They were huge lines. And that part that you mentioned where he was like, if, if you, you guys did that for me on Skako minor. Mm-hmm. And if you wouldn't have, I would still be trapped there to this day. And which breaks my heart to think about. And, you know, when I think about that, I also, I was listening to the force center podcast and those guys are amazing. If y'all don't listen to them, but um, uh, after you listen to us, of course, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh they they had brought one of them had said that uh it's it's funny when you think about it though yeah they did that but they definitely had the greatest jedi to ever live on their side for that mission <laughs> and so it's like hunter's probably thinking yeah but we had anakin skywalker <laughs> um we don't have him right now <laughs> and so i was like that's a good point i didn't even think about that in the episode but um but it's still it's still a great it's still a great moment. I, I think I think it's really interesting too that in that episode in, in that arc of the Clone Wars, uh, they blindly trusted Rex. Uh, they blindly trusted Rex in that episode. They followed Rex through that mission, and um, and they're doing that in this episode, which is pretty interesting. And and that connection between him and Echo will always just be beautiful for me so um yeah what did y'all th- what any other thoughts on that part because i do i do think i've been waiting for an echo part and we finally got it you know a few weeks ago we talked about how we were wanting an echo centric episode and i think this gave us a little more of one again to uh this week which was very much appreciative um and on a side note we also saw um was it tech or echo that entered the code that sent the base into lockdown because that's tech. tech is a person we haven't really seen have many goof ups, you know, goof ups or failures. And, uh, you know, we saw that happen and it really sent the mission into a tailspin. So 
That well, he was also wrong about the planet itself. Like it's yeah. uninhabited. And he was like, that is data I am unaware of. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I, I, that's a good point. Tech, tech was kind of techo. Wow. Uh, tech was totally wrong on a couple of levels in this episode. Yeah. Um, let's get into things that we like. Cause we want to make sure I want to make sure we get through as many notes as possible. Cause I know we're running low on time here. Um, Jessica, what are some other things? Do you have any other things that you liked? Do you have any other things that you really liked in this episode uh, that really stood out to you? We do have to talk about Gregor. Real quick, before Jessica starts, Gregor is one of the clones in Rebels that's with Rex. That's like one of the yes. old clones, right? He is, yeah. He's the one with the crazy laugh. Yes, yes, he is. And yeah. he kind of had and that. He in laughed this a little bit. It was great. He did? It was great. I recognized it. It was, it was like a moderate version of it, but it was like. Oh man, crazy, <laughs> crazy Gregor's starting to come through. Now, I want to say, I went back and watched, there's the 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 first episode of The Clone Wars we see Gregor in. I think it's the only one, I can't remember. But it's it's in the dreaded droid arc um, of season five. But there's this one episode in there, it's called Missing in Action. And y'all, that episode is fantastic. Y'all got to go back and watch it um, if you haven't. It's, it's the... Uh, it's the episode where where we meet Gregor and he is uh, he's he's got amnesia. He doesn't remember that he that he was a clone uh, trooper or a, a clone commando. Actually, he doesn't remember any of that. And and through the episode, he starts to realize he starts to remember his his past and stuff like that. And he be, he be, he's acts with heroic it, with awesome heroic actions at the end of the episode. And it's incredible so you're telling me i actually need to go watch the droid arcs that i specifically avoided i watched the one episode i did not watch the entire slog of an arc um, I'll, go, I'll go find <laughs> just that one it'll make Epi- it worth it you, season you, five episode 12 season five dash okay so it's, it's fantastic you you hit a uh you hit a keyword in my notes here when you said commando yeah so let us dive into a little bit of a uh, we'll call it Mike. We'll call it the cheat code corner because it's about video games. Haha. Ha. We don't need to do that. That's very cheesy. Please don't. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just bring it up where it's needed. I kind of so, like it though. I don't um, hate it. <laughs> you see a very different looking clone trooper leading these stormtrooper garrisons and training them. And oh, yeah. they are. The blue thing. Yeah, the little blue On visor. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are clone commandos, and I believe we've already seen them in canon before. However, there is a video game called Republic Commando. I don't believe the story is canon because it's it, – it's, so I guess it would be considered a Legends entry at this point. However, uh, you know, these are elite clone commandos, and they have different armor and abilities and things like that. And the game Republic Commando specifically focuses on the Delta Squad, and you see a character from – the Delta Squad in this episode, RC-1262, a.k.a. Scorch. He's the one that kind of had the yellow uh, paint that was in the big gunfight at the end. awesome. Yes, he did. <laughs> and so he that was a straight pull uh, of a character from the video game Republic Commando. And a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of people I know were just so stoked about that. And it, it was pretty cool. And are you out if I go ahead and take another quick note here? For, for yeah, those for listeners that don't know what Project War Mantle is, yeah, Project go War for Mantle it. Uh, was the Empire's program to 
conscript new soldiers to the Empire to replace the clone troopers. And the first squad of Project Warmantle was led by CT-9904, a.k.a. Crosshair, which that proved to be effective, you know, the clones teaching and training these new soldiers, which is why I believe here we see basically a full commodity <laughs> academy of clone commandos training new stormtrooper recruits. Boom. Awesome. There you go. Dude, that's, yeah, that's a, that's amazing. I need to play that game because that is the – honestly, I'm so bad at sitting down and playing a new video, video game. I, it's overwhelming to me usually, except for Mario games because it's just like one of those things I can sit down and play for five minutes, do a thing, and I'm, I can get up and leave. Like that's what I need. This seems like a game that I could at least somewhat do that with. Am you, I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you for sure yeah. can. And, it's a really and I have a switch. Story. I have a switch. So I need it. I'm wanting to get one. I want it really bad. Uh, There's a switch here where we are. Nice. Sweet. I know some people complained about saying that this is a small universe again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to repeat this again. I said it again <laughs> in the last episode. We are still within the timeline. That is the so- Skywalker saga. It is going in the same direction. This is where we are. If you don't like it, go play a video game that's in a different era. Go read the new books, The High Republic, that are in a different era. They're awesome. I just started one. Yes. (laughs) Stop complaining that this is a small world. It is a galaxy. And we're in one story in the galaxy. And so there are going to be reoccurring characters and reoccurring things. People need to get over it. <laughs> Do you want to watch a fun story outside of the main timeline? Go watch the Ewok Caravan of Courage, and you know then you're going to come back to the Bad Batch. <laughs> Brilliant. That's pre- it's pretty terrible. It's 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 another level of terrible. Other than um, the Gorax, that's pretty cool. <laughs> My favorite thing is the is the gif of the little of the little Wookiee doing like. <laughs> I'll send it to y'all later if you don't know what I'm talking about. I Obviously, exactly. listeners of the podcast, you definitely know what I'm doing. Um, no, but uh, Jessica, just to be slightly devil's advocate, not necessarily That's devil's so advocate. So frustrating. No, I I understand. I'm not trying to be a devil's We're advocate. We're getting new characters. We're getting new planets. I, I agree. I agree with you. It's frustrating sometimes when people I, – I just want to say, just to, just for a little balance here, I just want to say that it's frustrating when people disregard this as a as a cameo fest and and they just – and that's what they call it. And, the, and then they say that there's no depth in it and that these characters go nowhere. That's frustrating to me, but it's, it's, it's not a – it's not an illegitimate – concern that people have that so much of the new star wars that we're getting then don't watch it okay but they're star wars fans that's really harsh they're star wars fans you love this thing and you want to see them do new things do you know what i mean like i like for me personally i do i I was trying to be funny i'm not don't really feel that harsh about it i are you sure i promise (laughs) i promise <laughs> for, like for me, I like I have 
the Rogue Squadron thing that it looks like it definitely it looks like it's set post Rise of Skywalker from everything I'm seeing. It looks like it is. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm I have this High Republic stuff is definitely scratching my itch for like brand new, mm-hmm. different, but still Star Wars. It's scratching my itch for that. So like when I watch the Bad Batch, I'm like, I just I love I love this. <laughs> it's it's great. But like not everyone not everyone feels the way we do. And no, that's No, I totally get it. I guess for yeah. me, I'm like, you're watching a show that takes place within the same story. Yeah. And that's where I align with you. It's like, it's, it's right. They're telling the story of the transition of from the Republic to the empire. You're going to see people we know. Yeah. And, and it's like this, this, don't try to make them, don't try to like hold out for them telling a story like a, animated like game of thrones or something where it's like this huge epic thing all the time that's not the story they're telling that's not the way that they tell stories in this show you can dislike it but yeah it's, it's i it's, guess and that's fine i but guess what i'm not, trying to say is is they're giving us new stuff too yeah they they absolutely are and we, you know we're getting the acolyte series later mm-hmm. on but guess what we're getting andor that's going to go into the rebellion guarantee you more cameos are going to come up yeah we're getting kenobi Guarantee you more cameos are coming up. Cody, please. Cody. Um, <laughs> the one thing I, I really feel like they would have done that in this show, but it's okay. Um, uh, I, I just, I, I get it because I'm with you. But on the other hand, it's like, I, I understand because I also have a side of me that is also like wanting new stuff. I want them to stop mining the same time period. I want them to go beyond. There is so that's why I love the Mandalorian so much because we haven't had much star Wars. that goes between return of the Jedi and the sequels. We haven't had much that does that. That's why I'm looking forward to rogue squadron so much. I want them to go, Go forward or go way back. I would love to see that too. High Republic. That's why I'm excited about it. Um, Old Republic, but also, please. Uh, yeah, Old Republic would be great. Like, I, I don't know anything about that. That would be awesome. And so, like, I just think there's Star Wars for everybody. And that's that's what I want everybody to just kind of – that's the place I want us all to get to. It's just like, it's fine if you don't like the Bad Batch. Don't call it trash and don't say that it's garbage. It's just you don't like it. Yeah. But a lot of people – do if you don't if you think this is trash i want you to go watch sharknado and that's why i guess i'm saying like i didn't say i said don't watch it kind of intensely but you don't have to like yeah if you're not in like i there's some things that star wars stuff that i might not watch or i might not read because i just don't know if it's gonna be my thing and that's okay but i'm not gonna sit here and bash other people for being like into it. Like I'm not a huge like comics person. Yeah. I've never really tried to read one. So maybe I can get into that. But just because I'm not like really into it. Doesn't mean that it's not good Star Wars. And somebody else might not love it. Golf clap for Jessica. You can't <laughs> see it. We're actually golf clapping right now. You're missing That's what I'm saying. Comic. Like if you don't like it. I'm not trying to be harsh. But Read something or watch something that's more in line with what you're wanting. Yeah. There is Star Wars for everybody. Parts of yeah. Star Wars are for different people. Then you got, mm-hmm. you know, people like me that I, I ingest basically 100% of the content that's out there. But it's like my wife, she loves the movies. Cool. 
She's probably not going to read a Star Wars book or play a Star Wars video game. She's watched a little bit of Rebels here or there with me in Clone Wars and Mandalorian, but she's not going to do a deep dive. And that's that's fine because you're still enjoying the Star Wars universe. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I hear the complaints and I say, okay, that's, you know, that's your opinion, man. I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah, it's just, yeah, we just, we all just need to chill. I think that's the best thing for us to all just do. Can we all just chill? Everybody love each other. <laughs> My God. <laughs> um, let's see. I just want to say just, um, just really quickly, just run down a few things that I really liked about this. First of all, I love Gregor so much. I watched, when I watched that Clone Wars episode again, I was just reminded like, Wow. I love this character and I forgot how much I love this character. It's because you don't see him much at all. I actually just said, see, like, like Gregor would say it. I didn't even mean to, um, <laughs> but and didn't people think that he killed him off until he was back on in rebels. Right. Because in that episode, it's kind of, it's, it's left a little vague. Cause they, you don't, it's again, star Wars. You don't see the body. You don't know, but he, there is an explosion and they, they mention it briefly in this episode he said i survived an explosion <laughs> this is nothing and you know what i mean nobody's and, ever and really gone wink a, a, wink wink that's how i'm much. still here <laughs> but like that's i that's what i guarantee you that is what is going on with his brain that's why he's so weird is because that explosion messed him up because in that episode he's not like that mm-hmm. that's that's a this uh, this uh Gregor is is a different version. We he's not that way in the other episode of the Clone Wars, and so um, yeah, I do think I I when we he showed up in Rebels, we, it was like oh interesting. I thought he died, <laughs> um, and so it's cool to see a little bit. They didn't go into all the things, but it's cool to see him again. And I I loved D Bradley Baker his performance as him, it just blows my mind how he does all of these different versions of these clones. He better be getting paid big time for this show because it's amazing. Um, People who do the voice acting in any show that they like voice several characters just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's crazy. And he does so many, so many. It's nuts. Um, I loved his line that said, Oh, defective clones. If you ask me, it's the ones who want to stay here who are really defective. (laughs) Uh, I loved that so much. And then he said, I didn't teach them everything. That wouldn't have been very smart, would it? (laughs) So that's kind of like our, like a, a, maybe a little nod or a little answer to why the stormtroopers suck so bad is because they didn't receive full training from their clone commandos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, and I, did y'all notice the blasters in this episode? Did you notice the sounds? They sounded very much like a new hope, like specifically in the hallway scene of the, of the star destroyer at the, or of the, uh, of the ship at the very beginning of the movie that Darth Vader comes on to. Um, it sounded specifically that was the one. And then I saw one of the people who worked on the episode tweet, something about it later and i was like i knew it i knew that was the one well um and another sound that i noticed was when they restarted like the engine on their ship it sounded just like the pod racing when anakin got his motor going again it's working it's like the same (laughs) like i was like oh my gosh that's the same sound from episode one like you know yeah 
I don't know if y'all caught that either, but that's immediately where my mind went. When I go back and watch it, I will be checking that out. Yeah, it's the same. It's great. That's a good catch. I love that this episode and this show, the thing it's doing for me best is the world building. And part of that I love is seeing the transition of weaponry and technology from the Republic to the Empire. The standard issue rifle for the clone army was the DC-15A, and the Stormtrooper rifle is the E-11. And you're slowly seeing that transition, and I love it because, boom, world building. It's like the best. I love it. I'm so glad we have someone like you on this podcast because I'm like, dude, you see that gun? That was The guns sound cool. <laughs> but y'all noticed it, which is still cool, and that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars is their unique sound design. Other other movies, like I don't enjoy movies as much that kind of just draw sound design and steal it from other places, you know? It's like Star Wars is so original. Star Wars is the most original. And you have that with like, you know, the Godzilla movies and, uh, oh, I just lost uh, Jurassic Park and things like mm-hmm. that. All original sound design. And I just love it. So a big salute to the sound design of this show. Yeah. So let's, let's finish up here. Let's yes. finish up here. Big big stuff at the very end of this episode there's so much little things we could talk about in this episode if we had more time like i i don't have time either i gotta go soon too but like we gotta talk about that ending where hunter jumps and he falls that that part was insane um they did a good job of making me believe that like okay probably would have died on that fall but like they did a good job of making me think okay i see how he survived that fall like they they really it was one of those falls that like every time he hits something you're like oh god ah, you ever uh, seen the movie hot rod it reminded me of hot rod (laughs) (laughs) i galloped to a wooden glen and i punched and sat my rage and (laughs) a very long fall down a mountain All I, I could think of was he took a new meeting to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I love it. The hot yes. rod was better than mine, so oh. I give that to you. Oh, my God. You. No, no. Um, <laughs> um, that's That movie just kills me so – so, it kills me in the best way. Yes. Um, okay, so – I think this part was heartbreaking because not only because Hunter falls, that was really tough to see. And it was like, Oh my God, I didn't of all the outcomes of this episode. I did not see this happening. And, um, so everyone gets on the ship, including Gregor, except for Hunter and he falls and tech is flying around and Hunter tells them, let's, uh, you guys have to go without me. I'll find another way off. And tech is like negative. They're, the odds are against you for getting off uh the for getting off of here and and he says you have to go and um omega the way that omega pleaded with them to go back and pleaded with hunter to order them to go back for him broke my heart it was it was beautifully acted like incredibly i I was like oh my gosh this is heartbreaking heart wrenching to the what did y'all feel about that part oh you can tell she loves her brothers oh so much mm. it was so it well. was beautiful it so was well sad done. i felt so bad for her because i was like she doesn't understand again that like 
yeah. innocence and the logic in her mind is so different. Like, I don't understand. How could you not go back for him? Not how could you him? not? Like, how does this? Yeah. How does this happen? Which Put I the think ship is. Down. One... We have to save her. <laughs> Which I think is another great thing. Another great like reason for like. It's kind of another ties into that whole theme of what we were talking about. Sometimes that choice is not that simple, Omega. This is what we have to do. And this I think is, that's. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be a good learning <clears throat> lesson for her. Like we chose to go and do this. Mm-hmm. We had a consequence and the consequence is Hunter getting captured. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and then we couldn't just go back for Hunter because we would have probably likely been killed as well. Hunter sacrificed himself for us in that moment. And so we need to make sure that we can come back for him in a, in a prepared way, you know? And so it looks like that's where we're headed. It looks like, I don't know if they're going to wrangle up some friends like a Mandalorian style. They're going to go get some, go, maybe Rex will come back in the fold for, for a couple episodes, or I don't know, maybe we get uh, some, some other friends that, that they've made along the way. Um, or maybe they just make a plan. They come and get Hunter are they going to take Hunter to a different place? I don't know. But I'm like, guys, that that cliffhanger at the end where where uh, Crosshair is like, I was hoping for all of you. Yeah. But Chills. You'll do. It reminded <laughs> With his me. his music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminded me of that Maul, that part where Maul comes in in the season seven arc of the Clone Wars where he says, I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? It reminded me of that very, it was like the exact ending because <laughs> that was the ending of the episode. Um, it really reminded me of that, but like, oh man, I'm so pumped for this. Any last thoughts on this show? We could talk so much longer yeah. about this episode, honestly, but we can't. I, this makes me wonder if they're going to like end the season on a cliffhanger. Oh God. <laughs> I would love and hate that all at the same time. You know, because like, what if they can't get him out? And that's like the cliffhanger of, did they get him out? Oh, you have to see in season two. <laughs> <laughs> and we probably wouldn't get a season two until like 2023 or something like that because of uh, Mando 3 and Book of Boba Fett yeah. and their other shows. So we would have to really wait a long time for that. So I would both love and hate it if, you know, I'd love it if the show continues past season one. Uh, but you know, if it, if it doesn't, I'll just hope we get a good ending. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I do think the opening of season episode 15 is going to feature a very, very emotional Omega. We're going to see her mm-hmm. in a bad place and it's going to make us all very sad, but maybe uncle hunt, maybe uncle Wrecker will be there to save the day. And uh, I guarantee you he will. Yes. <laughs> maybe. Or Gonky. Gonky is a hero. He helped save the ship in this episode. Okay. I'm out. so glad you brought that up. I was going to I was going to do it before we got off of here because we have to shout out Gonky. <laughs> Ever underestimate a droid. Uh, also, one little line we have to talk about really quick and then we'll go. When uh, when Rampart said, a scientist I have use for, a politician I do not. And he just walks out of the room and gives the stormtroopers that signal. I was like, bum, oh, bum, bum. God. <laughs> also, y'all are they—they're gonna kill those. They're gonna kill those clone kids. Maybe I hope not. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure we got a we got an Anakin Skywalker situation here. <laughs> it could be Anakin himself. We don't know. Oh God, I I it 
was hinted at pretty harsh, pretty hard for me. I, I kind of felt that. I don't know. Either way, it's, it's not, they don't have a good life ahead of them. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, okay. Any last thoughts, you guys? I think I covered about everything. Excited cool. for the next one. I so. am too. All right, you guys. Well, once again, if you wouldn't mind going and following our Twitter account at certain underscore POV pod, our Instagram at certain point of view pod, our Facebook group, a certain point of view discussion group and rate and review the podcast. That would be fantastic. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week. Next week, we will cover chapter 15. It'll just be the one episode. We will get back on schedule and um, we will be able to go a little more in depth instead of covering two episodes quickly. But um, yeah, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, may the force be with you always. Always.